This is an IG paid post. The news and editorial staff of the Financial Times had no role in its preparation. Welcome to Decoding the Markets. I'm Jeremy Naylor. I'm talking today to the founder and chief executive of the polling company Servation. That's Damien Lyons-Lowe. Damien, welcome. First of all, uh, we're talking just after the full nominations have gone through for the constituencies uh, ahead of the UK elections on the 12th of November. How much clearer now is the picture to you uh, than we had before the nominations had gone in? Well, in terms of national vote share, the, the polls that we're seeing at the moment are now correctly factoring in the extent to which the uh, Brexit Party standing down in various seats and the Remain Alliance where uh, Green Party, for example, uh, standing down in lots of seats, many, many seats, um, that those the, the national voter is now reflecting those changes. So a poll we conducted for uh, Good Morning Britain that was published yesterday, uh, conducted with fieldwork uh, to Sunday. When we uh, telephone people, um, uh, we asked them to confirm their constituency, and we actually read out the, the names of the parties and candidates that were standing, that were confirmed in their constituencies. And what we saw uh, doing that exercise was that uh, primarily the, the Brexit party figure is now down to 5% um, once those step-downs are taken take into account. So um, the Brexit party was planning to stand in lots of constituencies, that the that that were held by a conservative party uh, MP, and those would typically be uh, places where they would actually have a higher than average uh, vote share in those constituencies. So a little a little more than 50% of of Brexit party supporters tell us straight away that they would support the Conservative Party if there was not a Brexit party candidate standing in their constituency. The rest sort of split between kind of don't know wouldn't vote, um, but mainly kind of undecided about where they would be. So on that basis, we showed the Conservatives on 42, Labour on 28, and the Lib Dems on 13, the Brexit Party on 5, and the Greens on 3. So does that mean, therefore, that the Brexit Party, even with the diminished uh, share of the vote that's expected now, could they still be kingmaker for the Tories? So it's still helpful. So the to the conservative, so it's still helpful to Labour uh, what the Brexit Party has decided to do. So the Conservative Party needs to take a lot of Labour-held seats. Um, you know, they'll be looking to take 30 to 50 to 60 seats from Labour. Everywhere, every seat that, that the Conservatives are trying to take from Labour, where there is still a Brexit Party candidate standing, and that candidate gets perhaps you know, between eight and. 12% of the vote, um, just take the outside of our, our, of, of our estimates to potentially, um, that'll be just a little, uh, that, will, that will take from the Conservative Party vote share in that seat, making it a little bit more difficult for the Conservatives to beat Labour in those seats. There is um, the uh, debates coming up, and we know the first debate just between the Tories and, and Labour. There's some suggestion that um, this debate, because it's restricted to just those two parties, not having the Lib Dems gives Labour a better plan platform to explain their position with regard uh, their expectation of a renegotiation of the deal um, that Boris Johnson has come up with and then put it back to the electorate. Do you think that not having the Lib Dems at that first debate has given Labour that extra piece of the platform than would otherwise have been the case had that remain end of the vote been watered down with a Lib Dem uh, position being able to be aired? Well, it is framing Corbyn versus 
Boris Johnson is framing that suits both the Conservative and Labour parties um, primarily. So uh, the Conservative Party will be keen to not lose vote share to the Liberal Democrats in lots of seats um, that they are trying to defend. So one of the main uh, dynamics of the election is that the Conservative Party will be will lose some seats to the Liberal Democrats. The extent to which they lose those seats will depend partially on national vote share, mainly on local dynamics, but it suits the Conservatives to, to, to squeeze the Lib Dems out in a general sense. It suits Labour to be up against the Conservatives head-to-head in the, in the Corbyn-Boris Johnson debate that we're going to see tonight because um, there are lots of, uh, lots of Labour seats where they're defending. Uh, any kind of... Um, any kind of where, where it's the 2017 con lab marginal, any kind of uh, help or boost to the Lib Dems will typically hurt Labour's chances of defending those seats uh, this election. So it suits both. Now, whether this, 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 of course, doesn't rule the Lib Dems out from winning seats because they will be fighting, as we've seen, hyper local campaigns based on uh, remain minded tactical voting and but the extent to which we will see that remains an open question what about bringing the scottish national party into the mix because again uh, there's been some suggestion that there could be some alliances between the snp and labor when the big debate comes when i think the seven parties in total that'll be uh, debating the issue around the election and um, when that happens does the snp get an opportunity to further split the Labour vote, or are they seen as like the Brexit party, maybe the kingmaker for Tories? Could the SNP give Labour, ultimately give Labour, the key to number 10? Well, the SNP are going to do very well in this election. So the public polling that we have seen, which there's not been very much in Scotland, has shown the SNP continuing, so the SNP doing considerably better so far in this election than they did in 2017. So the SNP will have more seats. The extent to which that's true will depend on, I suppose, helpfully, the the conservative conservative defences in Scotland. They have benefited from the Brexit Party step down. So it will be easier for the Conservatives to defend some of their seats. There's also a slight concern for the SNP that a Lib Dem any kind of Lib Dem revival might hurt them a little bit at the margins. But but I think most people expect that the, the SNP will have a lot more seats than they had in 2017. So that block of support is essential for the formation of a, a government that involves Jeremy Corbyn and John McDonnell. Yeah. Uh, one final question, and this puts you on the spot to some degree. We're still with just over four weeks uh, to go until election day. Uh, Servation was the most accurate forecaster in 2017. What can you tell us about what you think will happen on the election day now at this point? Well, so one thing that we can't do is we can't see into the future in terms of how public opinion might change. At this stage of the campaign in 2017, we also had a considerable Conservative lead over Labour. Now, the, the, the question is the two questions. Will anything happen in this campaign that can change people's minds about who to vote for? Are there people who are undecided who might change? Are there people who might switch? To what extent will Labour and Lib Dem voters vote for the other the, the, their second favourite party, if it's Labour or Lib Dems, tactically. We don't know any, any, we don't really know to what extent those things will play out. So what we are going to be doing with our telephone polling series that you saw on Monday is essentially just report every week. And, and I think that 
from now on, we actually will start to see some trends. So the Brexit party squeeze is mainly played out. We might see the Green Party figure come down a little bit as people sort of think about who they're going to vote for. So we'll be, it'll be very interesting to see. I mean, it, it's a very unusual election. And the extent to which this looks like 2017 or it looks like the European Parliament 2019 votes, to what extent either of those things are true, is really the question. And I can't tell you now what that will be, but we'll be certainly monitoring it um, very closely. Damien, thanks indeed for joining us. Uh, Damien Lyons-Lowe is the founder and chief executive of Servation. 